good Monday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. New show. Monday Man Cave. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Welcome indeed to the Man Cave. Come on in, take your shoes off. Go over to the mini fridge. Get you something to drink if you need something a little bit stronger because of the day you didn't had gone by the, behind the mini bar fix yourself something to eat and come sit down in one of these recliners we're about to have ourselves a little fun all right so once again welcome to the man cave on a monday uh got a lot to get into but really not a lot uh we got the national championship tipping off should be tipping off now uh we're gonna talk about south carolina women beating UConn. Uh, got a, some commander's news. But first and foremost, we got to start off. The Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame announces three members for the 2022 class. 13 members, I'm sorry. The headliner has to be none other than one Emmanuel Ginobili, better known as Manu Ginobili, all right? And he's got to be the headliner, four-time champion. Uh, we talk about greatest six men to ever play the game. And to be quite honest, him and Havlicek should be mentioned in the same breath when you talk about six men. And if you listen to this show, you already know that I believe that John Havlicek, Hondo, is the greatest six man of all time. I think Ginobili has to be 1A, okay? Four-time NBA champion, two-time All-Star, uh, two-time All-NBA third team, six man of the year in 2008, all-rookie second team. Uh, his number has been retired in San Antonio and his home country of Argentina. He won a EuroLeague champion, a championship in 2001, as well as the finals MVP. Uh, he was led the EuroLeague in scoring in 01 and 02, all EuroLeague first team in 2002, Italian League champion in 2001, two-time Italian Cup winner, two-time Italian League MVP, uh, Italian Cup MVP, Italian League steals leader, three-time Italian League All-Star. I mean, man, 50 greatest EuroLeague contributors, FIBA America Cup MVP. The dude has, in the Summer Olympics, in 04, he has a goal with Argentina, a bronze in Beijing. Um, That's in the Olympics. A silver in the World Cup, a bronze and a gold in the Diamond Ball, the America Cup. He has a, a bronze, two golds, and a silver. And in the South American Championship, he has a silver. This is a decorated ball player. Not only was he the, he the man on the court here, he was the man on the court overseas. And at home in, in, in uh, Argentina. So that was no surprise. First ballot Hall of Famer. Now looking at one of my favorites on this list. This is just one of my favorites. None other than Timothy Dwayne Hardaway. Mr. Killer Crossover, a.k.a. the UTEP two-step. Uh, uh, absolute beast with the Golden State Warriors, the Miami Heat. He also played with the Dallas Mavericks, Denver Nuggets, and the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Five-time All-Star, 
made all NBA first team in 97, uh, all NBA second team three times, all NBA third team before, uh, all rookie first team. His number 10 is retired by the Miami Heat, rightfully so. Uh, he won the Naismith Award in 89. ABA All-Star Game in 2006. He was the WAC Player of the Year in college in 89. And first team All-WAC in 89. And his number 10 is U- retired at UTEP. Uh, has a gold in the Olympic Games in 2000 in Sydney. And also the father of Tim Hardaway Jr. Now, for those of y'all that are uninitiated and too young to know who Tim Hardaway is, I'm going to need you to go look up some things because something was said earlier this week. Um, Tim Hardaway and Alonzo Mourning put the the the, the uh, Miami Heat on the map. And I believe that wholeheartedly because when Zoe left Charlotte, he came down to Miami. Uh, Tim Hardaway left Golden State, went to Miami. Those guys, uh, who else did they have? Um, Keith Askins, Dan Marley, Jamal Mashburn was down there for a run with them. Uh, man, they had some players down there. They had some players down there. And they put Miami on the map because Miami used to give Chicago a good run, but Chicago was just too strong. But they would give them a good run. And I think this is long overdue since seeing that Hardaway retired almost 20 years ago, to be honest. His last game played in the NBA was 2003, and it's 2022. And, man, it's been 19 years, and he's just getting in the Hall of Fame. I just I, – I don't understand it. I really don't. But – Hey, just because he was one of my favorites, he's uh one of those guys that I really looked up to that 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 aforementioned killer crossover the UTEP two step was a staple because it was inside what what Isaiah Thomas used to say is how him and Isaiah Thomas, Tim Hardaway, those guys that had great crossovers, they were inside the box. And it was the killer crossover was boom, boom, gone. You know, it was just really, really quick. And it would get you off. And he didn't sit there and rock you, come back, re-rock. Now it was boom, boom, gone to the lane. That's it. That's it. And it was inside the box. It was controlled. Iverson changed the game because Iverson started dribbling outside the box. And now you got guys, especially down the AAU, you know, I'm a fundamentalist. They, you know, will try their best to cross somebody, point at them, and back up and try to cross them again. And, nah, you make your move. And I tell my sons this. When you're on the court, make your move. Once you get your opening, shoot by, either go make the pass or go lay it in. That's what Tim Hardaway did. He made a career out of that. So congratulations to him. Also on this list, you have uh, the great Bob Huggins, uh, two-time NCAA National Coach of the Year. Uh, the sixth winning, winningest coach of all time, George Carl, who I, I believe Bob Huggins and George Carl long overdue. Uh, referee Hugh Evans on the women's side, you got Lindsey Whalen, uh, the great swing cash. You got when you talk about swing cash, you have to call her the great 
Swin Cash, because not only did she have a great college career, she had a great WNBA career. And I, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm scratching my head and like Swin Cash shouldn't be up for no no Hall of Fame. I mean, wait, I'm starting to count down. I'm like, wait, I think Swin Cash and myself and, and the junkies, we all in the same generation. Damn, we all ready for a uh, Hall of Fame, ain't we? Um, so the great Swin Cash, uh M- WNBA, four-time WNBA All-Star, two-time Olympic gold medalist. And uh, NCAA champion, national champion, Swing Cash. Uh, also national champion and WNBA coach of the year, Marianne Stanley. Uh, Lou Hudson from the Veterans Committee. Uh, Larry Costello and Dale Harris from the Contributor Committee. Uh, Dale Harris, D- Kobe's first coach with the Lakers. Uh, one of my favorites. Um, matter of fact... He succeeded Nelly in Milwaukee and Don Nelson in Milwaukee. For those that don't know, they that's where he had uh Hodges, Sidney Moncarif, Paul Pressey. Uh, he had all those guys and he had the point for it. Paul Pressey was their point forward and they had a running gun offense up there. And Dale Harris was an assistant coach up there. So, uh, yeah, I love Dale Harris, always have. Uh, long overdue for him. Glad he can get this and he can smell his flowers here. Um, from the contributor committee, that was uh, Costello and Harris. Uh, from the women's veteran committee, you have Teresa Shank uh, Gretz, and from the international Crimi- committee, Radivash Korak. And the boss BJ is in the text window. He said a solid list. Yes, it is a solid list. And one thing I can say about this list, we've complained about. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame inductions. We've complained about um, uh, 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 NBA, um, well, basketball inductions of how weak these classes were. This right here is not a weak class. I will tell you that this is a great class. You got Manu Ginobili running things as the headliner, but you got Tim Hardaway, Dale Harris, George Carl. You got a solid one. This is one that I will think I think I will be sitting down to watch. They'll be celebrated on the weekend of September 9th through the 10th. So I think I will sit down and watch that. Now, switching gears, college basketball. Let's start with the women first. Congratulations goes out to one of my favorite, favorite all-time players of the game of basketball, Matt. Women, men, doesn't matter. And that's Dawn Staley, one of the greatest point guards to ever pick up a basketball. Her second national championship. She beats the great Gino Oriyama, 64-59. UConn was 11-0 in championship games. Now they're 11-1. South Carolina, 2-0. And absolutely... A dominating performance. Uh, UConn only had one player in double figures. One player in double figures. Uh, Aaliyah Boston, 11 and 16, 11.16 rebounds. Uh, Destiny uh, Henderson, damn, I just lost it, 26 26 points. This is just a, a dominating performance, dominating. So congratulations to the South Carolina women's Gamecocks. Uh, 
And for those of you that haven't caught the exchange between Diana Taurasi and uh, Sue Bird, please go catch that. Absolutely hilarious. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that game last night, so I will say that. But uh, the men are up now. Uh, UNC is down 11-5. to five. Right now, the Kansas National Championship, men's national championship going on right now as we speak. Uh, about 15-23 left in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-oh, I lost him. I lost him. Where you at? We got somebody coming down the steps right now to join in the man cave. If I can get him, I think he was there. I, I know I heard him knocking. But uh, UNC is down. 11-5 right now. So we will keep an eye on that and update that before we get off air. Now, into the meat and potatoes that needs to have a discussion. This right here is one of them things where you just got to look at it and just be like, again? That's, that's all you can say is just, again? <sighs> I get tired of seeing my team in the news and it's not just local news, man. It's I'm I'm used to local news, but when you got the national stage covering this team, and I'm talking about the Washington Commanders, when you have national reporters covering this team to the point that it's nauseating, because you gotta be like, okay, what the fuck did we do now? And that's how I feel. But as of right now, Daniel Snyder is likely to lose the Washington Commanders if latest allegations are true. Now, what's being said is he's held up 40%. Um, I'm sorry, he held up revenue money that he's supposed to share with the NFL. That's how everybody makes money is revenue sharing. One of the greatest ideas that a organization can have. And for those of you that don't know, NFL teams, you got 32 of them. Everybody puts money into the pot and it's evenly distributed. Every team gets the same amount of revenue from the league. Uh, all, all the money they make from their, their deals, their home ticket sales. Uh, then also it's the, um, the TV deals and everything. Everybody gets paid a, 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 a equal share. It's so every team is going to make some type of money may not be operating in the black every season, but damn it. You'll at least operate in the green. In this day and time, I don't know. I can't see a NFL team not at least operating in the green. I mean, you might have some that teeter, but the good ones, the Patriots, uh, the Bills, um, you know, th those top teams, Kansas City, Dallas, those are teams that operate in the black on a consistent basis. Dallas sells itself. As much as I hate that damn star, Dallas sells itself. It's the Cowboys. You know, I hate calling them America's team, but they sell themselves. So they're going to operate in the black, which is great. You know, that's that's business mind. Because, you know, Jerry Jones, like, I don't have to promote my team. My team promotes itself, but you got to win some ball games too. The Washington Commanders, on the other hand, it's not a team that uh, I think is operating in the black. I think they're in the green and possibly close to being in the red for Daniel Snyder to be under investigation yet again for withholding money. Now I'm reading this from uh, 
Total Pro Sports. It says, uh, uh oh, the boss BJ is coming down the steps. Let's get him in here. Oh, we we got something. We got something special for him as soon as he get on. But uh, let me throw this in there. I'm reading this from Total Sport Pro Sports. Daniel Snyder, Dan Snyder has been a Washington Commanders owner since 1999, but they may that may all change, be changing fairly soon. The amount of scandals, the amount of scandals, good grief. And it's more that comes out day after day. That's the thing. Day after day, more scandals come out. Um, it was reported on Saturday. Congress is investigating claims of the team potentially withholding money that should have been surrendered to the league's visiting team pool. This could be the final nail in the coffin for Snyder. Uh, Pro Football Talks Mike Florio is hearing that this could be it for Snyder. As a league source with knowledge of the dynamics among owners, told PFT Pro Football Talk, this will become Daniel Snyder's death knee as an owner if it's proven to be true. Is what he reported. In addition to the congressional investigation, the commanders are also on their second NFL investigation over allegations of workplace sexual misconduct after a former cheerleader accused Snyder of harassing her before the committee. Snyder's commanders have been an embarrassment and we're not even talking about the team's play on the field or the terrible stadium that continues to dump poop water on fans during games man scathing words about this team like this is absolutely positively crazy you know scathing words and the thing is it's it it, it pretty much is probably all true you know Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we got the man that keeps everything running. The boss, BJ, brother. I, I don't know what kind of day you had today. If you need to, go behind the mini bar, get you something to drink. We got waters and, and, and juice in the fridge, man. Take your shoes off, have a seat in one of the recliners, and welcome to the man cave. Yeah, I'm going to definitely need the mini bar. I apologize in advance for... um for uh, any you know extracurricular noise or anything um midnight rider i see you man i yeah yeah you know we'll, we'll get you next time get you on here um you know i was listening to you know what you read on the article man and you know we always say it's it's a lot of dirt it's a lot of skeletons buried in the backyard of the nfl and if the nfl really wants to really wants to push and dig those skeletons up this these He's, this stuff has nothing new. And I, I'm not saying that because I know I have a source. I'm just saying how this organization has been ran since Daniel Snyder took over. Now, and I know this hurts the big guy KG to his heart because he bleeds burgundy and gold, whether it's Redskins, Commanders, Washington football team. He's there. He's a loyal through-and-through fan. You know, he's not a bootlicker fan like like some people. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that nameless, but uh, if this is true, if they can prove this, I think this will be, you know, I think they want him out. I really do. I think that they're pushing that. 
Um, it's no way that you can have an organization be successful on the field and have this much turmoil from the head coach up. And I'm not saying Ron Rivera. I'm just saying above, starting at above the head coach, the first position above the head coach up, all the way to the top of the organization. Um, I don't think his wife, I think her name is Tanya Snyder. I don't think she's a, a viable option either if, if he was a seller team because basically he still, he'll still be kind of in cahoots with that, you know. Uh, I think it's a joke that, that, you know, he's not supposed to be at day-to-day operations and, you know, um, and, um, you know, he's, he's there at, you know, the, the team new, new team name unveiling and all this stuff. Ben, I agree with you. I agree with you because we we all know how how the rich act. Sometimes they'll go quietly, you know, to keep their riches intact. They leave, you know, they'll get ousted, but they'll leave. They'll still have what they what they earned to gain. Sometimes is if I'm going down, guess what? We, we, it's going to be some more stuff, quote unquote, leaked out that's going to oust a whole lot more people. So. I feel like the league, if they do go down this road, they got solid. They they're solid. The Shield's not gonna not protect what they built since, you know, the league came, you know, was built. They're not gonna ruin that for the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder. If they if if they turn right on this road, they make the, they turn their turn signal on. Sometimes they just turn a turn signal on. And get to the intersection, be like, nah, I'm not gonna take that turn. I'll keep straight today. But they, I think they're taking this turn. I think they're taking this turn. They, 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 they're doing the wide turn, 18 wheeler, tight lanes, setting up, and, and they, I think they've committed to this turn. And I think, you know, I don't think, I don't know how soon it'll be, but Daniel Snyder's um, ownership reign might be coming to an end in Washington. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are, are loved are love that, you know, because of the team situation over the last, you know, 20 or so years. Um, not being the, the glory hound, the, the cream of the crop like they were in the 80s and the early 90s. Um, you know, I, I know that it'll be a, a welcome change for a lot of people. Um, you know, I just think of all the things. It's a lot to process with these articles because we talk about it all the time. And it's just like, KG, when, when, something, when somebody wants something done, when they want stuff upgraded, all it takes is a snap of a finger. And we've been going to games for a while. And nothing's changed. The food is still below average. The experience is below average. The accommodations at the stadium are below average. The stadium is below average. If you go up to FedEx Field right now and just take your time and walk and look, we talk about details on the field. The attention to details, the small stuff. You go walk around that stadium. That's what's lacking, attention to details. Stuff that could be painted, stuff that could be replaced, stuff that, you know, just it just looks bad. It looks like it hasn't been kept up. If you go to MT Bank Stadium, it's night and day. 
night and day. KG, you remember when that, that stadium was built? You know when M&T was built? Oh, M&T had to be built. I want to say it was 99. Nope, it was built in 2000. So, Let me make sure. But so I believe that was built in 2000. So let's say let's give it a five year, a solid five years younger than FedEx Field. If you go to M&T Bank Stadium right now, and you 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 just let's just say you didn't know about football, and you just guessing when the stadium was built, you would probably say this can't be no more than ten years old, no more than five ten years old. This is a really nice stadium, up kept looks good, the surrounding area of it, you know, the the grounds are kept up look good. You know, the, they got the purple LED lighting and different things to light it up, to, to showcase it and stuff. And, and and you go to FedEx Field and it's just a dark dump. It's just a dark dump. And, and I say that because, like I said, if things wanted to be done to that stadium, upgrades wanted to be made, you know, it could be. And it's not, and it just tells you, you know, for me, it, it just speaks volumes of like, hey, I, you know, I don't give a shit about this. Just come and spend your money. You you got a real life, real life Mr. Krabs that owns the Washington Commanders. <laughs> I, <laughs> let, let me say this. Let me say this. Number one, uh, M&T Bank Stadium, which opened as as uh, Raven Stadium at Camden Yards in 1998. September 6, 1998 is when it opened. Wow. If you look at uh, the conditions of FedEx Field, you compare that in contrast to the ownership of Daniel Snyder. Not only is the stadium in disrepair, but the organization is in disrepair as well. We're talking 23 years of ownership. What, two playoff wins? I mean, countless amount of money thrown down the drain to free agents. Uh, He's overruled football people in business decisions. He's lost. People have walked out of this building and went on to success elsewhere because of him and the way he does business it's all indicative of what's going on you know and then all these allegations and everything popping up but let me ask a question and this is you know i don't like to just go at it i like to dig down let's get to the root of it all these things that was going on inside of the building Every you know the the, the, the sexual uh, harassment, the the misconduct, whatever you want to call it, it's people that's been in that building for ages, and all of this went on. This didn't just start happening a year ago. This has been going on for a long, long time, and nobody decided to speak up. Those women had to speak up for themselves. Somebody seen it and didn't speak up. You're gonna punish Daniel Snyder. You got to punish the enablers too. And it's a lot of big names on that list. You know, a couple guys ran up out of here and retired. Ran. And it, we were wondering, like, what in the world? Like, first, Sonny retired. And we were, we were, you know, we were hurt. But, you know, Sonny's a little older. 
I, you know, I, I, I miss having Sonny on the radio and, you know, he's saying we need a turnover. He started rubbing his arrowhead and then all of a sudden a turnover happened. I need Sonny back in that daggone booth. But you got other guys that was in the booth that were a part of this and they retired after 14 years and ain't seen nor had sight of or heard of since. Is he going to go down too? Well, and, and I, I look when we make when you make allegations, and that that's what these are allegations. You know, I just feel like it has to be blanketed. Nobody can be exempt. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, even though Sonny was old, and not not saying Sonny was a part of, it, but I'm just saying you have to. Everybody that Usain bolted out of out of Dodge right before all this stuff dropped, you had to kind of like, kind of look back now and just be like, everybody that's been a part of this organization that's had some type of power, been in a position, you know, of power or, you know, whatever, you had to kind of scratch your head and just be like, um, yeah, what, uh, what was your deal too in this? Like, it's just, it's a sad reality of it. You know, you're guilty by association, you know, it's just like, like you said, if, 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 if we're a team and we do the same stuff every day, we're, you know, we're in the same department and three people are doing it. And even if the person's not doing it, they're still responsible for saying something. And if you don't say something, you're still guilty. Like KG said, these women had to come out themselves and, you know, suffer the embarrassment that went along with that, trying to tell their stories. And, you know, not, not the whole world has to hear what happened to you. You have to be brave enough to get on that platform and do that. You know, you, you know, you shouldn't have been put in that position, but they were and they were brave enough to come out and like, hey, this is what's going on. You know, and, you know, we need help. And for the organization, like, it's just, it's a, it's a very, very deep rabbit hole. Very deep rabbit hole because then you're talking about security. You're talking about um, somebody in the stadium that maybe done concessions and saw something. You know, you're talking about a fan that might have saw something. I mean, everybody knows, you know, an uncomfortable look on somebody's face when they're not in a position they want to be in. You've seen that, and you know, as a man, you know, well, I don't know how everybody was raised, but as a man, you know, if you see a woman in an uncomfortable position, you usually kind of look to see if she needs help. If she give you a concerned look back or a certain certain look or, you know, kind of like any type of gesture, you know, you kind of intervene, and I'll say like a like like a situation where a woman's being hounded by a man trying to you know holler at her, get her number, and then you walk over there and be like, "Hey, babe, where you been at?" It was like, you know, I been waiting. I thought we were meeting over here, just to get her away from this dude that's hounding her. You walk around a corner, you walk into her car, you see her off, be like, "Hey, have a good day." You know what I'm saying? Just be careful out here. Just little stuff like that, you know. But it's a deep rabbit hole, KG. And like Ben say, do, does the NFL really want to go down this road? 
if you get rid of Dan Snyder, does this go away? It doesn't go away because all this stuff already happened. So the, the, the organization is still going to get Mike Tyson punched in the face until they can figure out where this ends at. Whether it's cheerleading scandal, sexual misconduct, whether it's revenue, whether it's uh, the mishandling of Trent Williams. we I sent you the, the video clip on that and let you let him, listen to him talk. And listen to him talk and break it down was very eye-opening. It was heartbreaking. It, it was heartbreaking, very eye-opening. And it's just like, what you're sitting there like, what in the entire fuck? Are you serious? So um, it's a lot to unfold. And it's just like almost you want to just shut the organization down, fire everybody, and just redo it. But even if it, you know, even if you get rid of Dad Snyder, one is no guarantee you're going to get an owner to come in here that wants to win because it's obviously painfully obvious that winning is not on Dan Snyder's agenda, and it hasn't been. He's lucked up a couple years. He's got some good quarterbacks, some good teams that won a division title. He lucked up and got Joe Gibbs back. They that brought some stability to the organization. Didn't take advantage of that. Didn't take advantage of that. And that's, a, you know, that's a whole nother, another podcast, you know, but there were people in place that could have kept the organization successful on the field that, mm-hmm. Joe, Gibbs, that Joe Gibbs brought up. So, so when you look Think about back, what this team could have been. Yeah, and, and, and when you look back and we're like, damn, are you really, really concerned about winning? And I think the answer is no. Ten times out of ten, I don't really think it's about winning for Dan Snyder. I think he's just a, you know, a fanboy that just so happened to earn enough money to buy his childhood team and and absolutely ran it into the ground. That's just like you go to the dealership right now, you go get you a brand new GTR, and you get on 66 and you go from wherever 66 start on the East Coast all the way to uh, California or wherever in that. And you don't change the oil. You redlining it the whole way. By the time we get to California, it needs major repair. And you're like, uh, I think it'll make it back. And it makes it back, but it's 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 even worse now. And every time you drive it, it gets worse and worse and worse. You haven't done your tune-up. You haven't done, you haven't changed your tires are bald. You need suspension. That's what the Washington Commanders are right now. They got bald tires, any body work, that mismatch. They got a, 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 it's a red car with a blue door. You know, the, the inside <laughs> need, the inside need cleaning out real bad. <clears throat> that's that's what this organization is. The headlights aren't centered. One headlight points to the sky. The other one's on the ground. You can't see shit. Hit high beams don't work. You beep the horn, the windshield wipers come on. That's that's, that's where this organization is. I think, I think you know, I think you know. Seriously, they have to get rid of Dan. It's well, no, it's no way over the last couple of years, all these allegations, everything that's come to be true, and this man can still come in front and stand and own this team, man. Well. You know, in in the famous lines from uh, Scream, 
that I mean it was famous before that. But wait, there's more. Alex Smith, who suffered a gruesome injury uh this year, November will make four years ago, on uh FedEx Fields surface. Um He's been talking a lot about the dysfunction in this or, in this organization and the turmoil, but he's not the only quarterback. He's the only one that's getting airtime. Everybody clowned RG3. But, oh, well, you was Dan's boy, and, you know, you had him in the pocket and this, that, and that. But remember, Daniel Snyder was buddy-buddy, not only with RG3, but he was buddy-buddy with Alex Smith, too. He was boys with Alex Smith. Alex Smith hung out in... The, 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 the press box, and I'm sorry, not the press box, and the owner suite with Urban Meyer and all these other coaches and people that came through. He was an ambassador for the team before he was released. Remember that, okay? And uh, the Midnight Rider gave us an update a little while ago. I'm sorry, I missed it. Um, 20 to 18 Carolina with 828 left. I'm sure we got more than that. And yes, we were talking about Larry Michael Noes. That, that's exactly who we were talking about, who boated up out of here when all this hit the fan. Um, but Alex Smith has been saying an awful lot about the turmoil. Somebody asked him, okay, what would you tell Carson Wentz uh, about the organization? Oh, you got to block out the noise. What noise, bro? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not the perfect organization, but you're saying an awful lot. But you sat there and you were, for lack of a better term, the, 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 the buddy, buddy, with the owner and now all of a sudden you got a lot to say but he's been bitter towards washington since he got released now i'm reading this from fan sided uh three uh alex smith may have only been a part of the organization for three seasons but he knows firsthand how truly dysfunctional the washington commanders franchise really is Smith ended his Hall of Very Good Career in the nation's capital. When he arrived in the DMV, he was fresh off a playoff berth as a Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. Smith le left Washington after two name changes and nearly losing his leg in the process, all while the organization's perpetually, perpetual dysfunction continued to fester no matter who entered and exited the team's facility. Smith spoke with rich eyes and candidly about what it was like to play in a place like Washington. This is what he said, and I quote, it's tough. I think you're going to try to eliminate the noise there. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of distractions. The entire organization, everything surrounding, obviously, deservedly, it's been flawed, flawed the last 20 years. There's a lot of stuff going on there, a lot of distractions. It makes it difficult to kind of focus on football. <sighs> That's a lot to say when you don't play here anymore. And I'm sure, I mean, you know, when you leave a job, some of us, oh, yeah, well, it was this, it was that. And me, I'm not the type. If I got a problem while I'm there, I'm going to let you know it's a effing problem. You can ask any manager that I've ever worked under. If we got a problem, I'm going to let you know, and I'm going to address it right then and there. I'm not going to wait until I'm out the door and then want to address the daggone problem. You know, a lot of people say I got too much mouth. A lot of people say I don't have enough. I'm going to be me, and I'm going to let it be known. This right here. I don't like it from Alex Smith and BJ, you can tell me your opinion. And mine is just, I don't like, like, come on now. It's like kicking a, a, a dead dog right now. And you coming up with all of this now that all these allegations and everything are surfacing, but where was this type of energy? 
you know, when you've seen all this dysfunction going on and saying, hey, I don't want to be a part of this and asking for your release and getting up out of the dysfunction and then, you know, saying, hey, I left about it because this. And the Midnight Rider says Alex was upset. Ron was scared to play him. I was scared to play him, too. But, you know, comeback player of the year. Great. But BJ, what's your thoughts? Yeah, and I I can hear it in your voice, and like I said, I I know where you're coming from because you 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 know, you're a fan, you're a fan first, you know, you bleed this team, so put it right in the chair for me. So you know when somebody and it and it goes back to what we're saying, like Alex Smith is in that guilty by association too. It's like what did you see? All this stuff that's all these allegations and stuff that's being you know about what did you see? Now, yeah, he's sour and, you know, bitter about his time in Washington. Um, But also, it's like he's right. If if this team was winning, if this team had not been as dysfunctional over the last 20 years, you could kind of dismiss Alex Smith – you know what he was saying, but because this team is what it is and it has been, and they've they've shown their true colors over and over again. One thing I always tell my kids, I tell everybody: when somebody show you their true colors, when show, somebody show you over a period of time what they are, believe them. Washington, they are what they are right now, and Alex Smith is a hundred percent right. We talk about this on the show all the time when we talk Commanders. It's no, it's no way that you have this dark cloud hanging over this organization and you expect these players to go on the field and perform at a high level and not have to worry about um, answering questions about this, that, and other. It's the same thing when we talk about Kaepernick going to a team. It's going to be a media frenzy. And even if it's not a media friend, you still have to worry about this. You still got, you know, allegations coming out about the team you play for, work for, that you have to show up every day, you know, that some of this stuff might be making you upset. That that affects you as bad as, as you know, I don't want to say, you know, I know you don't want to dismiss out what Alex Smith is saying. And I know what you're saying about, hey, you know, why not speak up while you're there? And I, and I think it's, you know, kind of that shut up and play mentality. It's not just – it's all athletes across the board, no matter what color you are. While you're there, shut up, get your money. And then once you leave and you're clear, you got your check clear and it, and it didn't bounce in the, in the bank, then you speak. You know, um, if he spoke while he was at the team, is that breach of contract? You know, I, I, I wouldn't think so if he knew something about the sexual – uh, misconduct the team was doing. I wouldn't think that would be misconduct. But, you know, just saying it's dysfunctional and stuff, that's not what you say while you're under contract with a squad, especially if you're trying to play again. So, you know, we know Alex Smith's career is done. So the way he went out, he's definitely, you know, sour about that. He, he, I'm pretty sure he wanted to get another chance to prove himself on the field, and that didn't happen. But what he's saying about everything you know the white noise and it's true unfortunately you know you don't want to hear these things about a team you root for but it's 100 percent true kg and that is you know 
I wouldn't be surprised if more players that, you know, left from free agency over the last year or two or in the future have something to say about this organization and how it's ran. I will say this. Um, the tangled web that was weaved in the three years that Alex Smith was here. Uh, the things that came out about Jay Gruden and um, he was mad at uh, God, I can't remember running back's name. He wound up getting going to Green Bay. Was it Capri Bibbs? Was it Bibbs? I forget. But he one of the running backs was uh, smashing his side chick and he was mad. So he benched him on the play that uh, Alex Smith got hurt on. The the stuff that DJ Swearinger was saying about what was going on inside the building that everybody overlooked and nobody's bringing that up either. That was, it was a toxic environment under Jay Gruden, but nobody ever wants to talk about that. You know, Jay Gruden texting people in the middle of the night, you dumb son of a bitch and this, and there it is. It was Capri Bibbs. Thank you. Uh, midnight ride in 31, 22, <laughs> 31 22 North Carolina my favorite team eh, I picked them so they could lose <laughs> but uh but um it the 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 amount of shady stuff that was going on under Gruden was was horrible man but nobody believed DJ Spurgeon he was the first one to speak out while he was here what did they do they cut him how do you release your best safety in the middle of a season because he's he, he's telling you what we're doing is not working. You know, we're not practicing, you know, things like that. Like the, the, the videos of, of, of a player pinching Jay Gruden on the nipple. Like what coach allows that? Who, who, I want some go to your boss and pinch your boss on the nipple. And, and see how far that gets you. You know, I, I mean, that's not a game you play. With, with, with a guy that's in charge. I'm sorry. But it's a lot of dysfunction that was going on here. And now all of a sudden everybody wants to pay attention. Now you got all these allegations and things. And I'm 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 not saying that, you know, oh, just shut up and just play and you know, don't worry about it. It's been going on this. No, I'm saying that the handwritings have been on the wall. And for Alex Smith to say all these things, dude, you could have stood up just like DJ Swearinger stood up. What was they gonna do? Release you? They didn't have anybody behind you at that time. But you would have still got paid because your contract was guaranteed. They wouldn't, you still got your money. You'd have got everything. He went on to say in the interview, so to say that, that the stuff going on in the building doesn't infiltrate the locker room or out on the field would be crazy. That that's what happens everywhere. I think that's what great organizations eliminate. The bad ones have a hard time with. All that noise creeps into the building. Yeah, it does. It does affect the product on the field. <sighs> But if that's the case, and, you know, this is what's being said, I have no doubt in my mind. Anything that he's saying is correct. Not even, you know, not even coming at it and being like, well, nah, he lying and this, that, and the other, and this, that, and the third. Nah, this is correct. This is absolutely correct. Uh, I just want to know, when you saw these things going on, did you just turn a blind eye and say, well, once I get out of here, I'll speak on it? Or were you participating in it also? That's what I'm looking at with, you know, people that come out after they leave, like RG3. You got a lot to say about the organization that you were just begging for a job. 
from a couple months ago. And I see he shelved that tell-all book. But while all of that was going on, were you a part of it? Did you stand there or did you just turn a blind eye? Did you participate? That's my question. Uh, BJ? It's a valid question. You know, it's a valid question. You, Everything you're asking is spot on. You know, and we'll never know because everybody has their version of what's going on. Um, the consensus of, for what everybody's saying is that the organization is dysfunctional. Um, the way everybody's story is going might go a different road, but for the most part, that's what we're getting. So, if it looked like a duck and talked like a duck, it might be a duck. Hmm. Quack. Oh, I'm sorry. Aflac. <laughs> Aflac. <laughs> Commanders. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just what it is. And, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate because, like I said, you know, when the team's not successful on the fit <clears throat> on the field, and you have you've had multiple issues on the field, you've um, you've mishandled some some of the players' injuries, major injuries. I mean, uh, you know, Alex Smith was about to lose his damn leg. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know we heard Trent Williams' story. So, and then it, it makes sense now. When Trent Williams was like, I'm not gonna play for y'all no more. When he when he when he told his side of the story, I forgot is was he on I'm an athlete? I believe that's what it was on. Yeah, I'm an athlete part. When he told his story, it makes complete sense why he said he didn't want to play for the team no more. So yeah, man, it's it's a lot going on there, man. It's just like the but you have to what what do we say? You success starts and ends at the top. And if the top ain't right, it'll never be right at the bottom. You can't this is the one instance where you can't build a solid foundation at the bottom. Like, you can't be right on the field and be shitty at the top. Mm-hmm. It's not right at the top. It's not going to be right at the bottom. You might get lucky every now and again, but if you're not consistently, if you're not a good organization, you know what I'm saying? Just look, just, and I make the example, just look at Buffalo, what Buffalo built. At the top, you know, the Pagulias, Brandon Bean, you know, it's no, it, you know, I'm not going to say it's no dysfunction. Every team has some type of dysfunction, but it's a well-oiled machine. Just like Pittsburgh, Ben, Green Bay's front office has been, the Rams are proven to be that now. Um, the Saints under Sean Payton and Drew Brees, you know, they had some allegations pop up too. Um, Tampa Bay recently. Um, you know, it you have to be solid, man. You have to have solid up top. If you're not solid up top, it's not gonna work. That's absolutely true. And you talk about Buffalo and uh Pittsburgh, you 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 starts with great owners. Ralph Wilson was a great owner. Uh the Rooneys are great owners. When uh the DeBartolo family, when Eddie DeBartolo was ahead of the um, the San Francisco 49ers, they won. They And I I just, I wish he was able to get back into the NFL because he made them a dynasty. You know, uh, you, you got to put the right guys around you. And, you know, being a great owner, 
And it, I can't remember who said it, but I know that the saying says to be a great leader, you have to put people that are smarter than you around you. And when you do that, you're destined for greatness always. And Daniel Snyder has always put yes men around him. And, you know, he's a fanboy. He's a fan of anything. You know, he's a fan of this team. He grew up as a, a Redskin fan. And he's basically playing Madden on owner mode. That's what he's doing. But his owner rating is in the toilet. You know, this is this is not where it's at. So, ah. Well, before we get up out of here, because, you know, you can't stay all night in the man cave. The wives will get mad. Um, little somber note. Uh, Maryland basketball legend Gene Shue has passed away. He passed away yesterday at the age of 90 out in California. For those of you that are too young to know about Gene Shue, he coached the Baltimore Bullets. Um, he coached them to an Eastern Conference championship in 70-71. And he went from he took over a four and twenty one team, and they finished twenty and sixty one. That's what they finished twenty. They finished they were four and twenty one when he took over. They finished sixteen and forty. Two seasons later, he had them as the best team in the NBA record wise. They went up against a young. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson in 71 and got swept. But uh, he turned that team around and gave them the, their first winning championship for the Bullets. Uh, he also came, he left the Bullets while they were still in Baltimore. He was a player for Baltimore too. Coached the 76ers, the San Diego Clippers, then came back to the Washington Bullets from 80 to 86. And after that, you know, uh, West Unsell took over, and then he coached the Los Angeles Clippers from 87 to 89. He was a five-time NBA All-Star, uh, NBA All-First Team in 60, and second team in 61. First team All-ACC in 54. Uh, condolences to his family, friends, and all the fans that got a chance to watch the great play, especially uh, at Maryland. So, <sighs> I guess, BJ, I guess that's all the time we got. I guess we need to clean up and well – before we head out of here, because because we're a media outlet in the D.C. area, I just want to send our condolences to longtime Bruce Johnson for WUSA 9, a legend, a staple on TV since I believe Sunday morning. I just want to send our condolences to his, his family, his friends. Um... Man, the ultimate professional. I always loved hearing him report. Um, he was, I uh, believe, dropping a book. Uh, I'm, I apologize for not having a name in the book on hand, but I just wanted to, to, to you know, give him a shout out, give his family our condolences. Just recognize a legend in this area that's no longer with him. Yes, indeed. Uh, Bruce Johnson, absolute legend. And the name of the book is Surviving Deep Waters. Thank you. Thank you. Surviving Deep Waters uh, is crazy. You just you never know when your time's up. He was supposed to be 
at an event, I believe Wednesday promoting the book. So, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, our condolences to the WSA nine family, um, his his family, his wife, and uh, all his friends, anybody he's touched. So, you still there, boss? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I, I uh, was, yeah, I was just saying condolences to his. His wife, his friends, his family, the WSA Nine family, uh, he will be missed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, and he, he'll definitely be missed in the Facebook community because one thing you could always guarantee is he was congratulating somebody on something on Facebook. It, it, not a day went by that I didn't see him comment on something across the Facebook platform of congratulating somebody on something. And just a positive influence, you know, uh, man, uh, another piece of the childhood gone away again. So, well, that's all our time we got in this Monday man cave until next week. Let's uh, uh put the tops back on the liquor bottles, get this stuff up and uh, last one out, turn out the lights, Um, make sure y'all wash them glasses. But. Take your shoes, too. Leave my house shoes. Take your shoes. But until next time, thank you for visiting the Man Cave on a Monday with the Sideline Junkies. For the Boss BJ, uh, Delonte, Jim, Allen, Don, uh, uh, James, all on special assignment. The, the, the man is cool as ice, twice as nice. Ain't never had a bad day in his damn life. Junie, continue to get well, my brother. Can't wait to uh, go over some things because we got a lot of ba- – I keep saying that we got a lot of basketball. And the more I say it, the more we got. So I can't wait to go over some things with you. So continue to get better. For the Midnight Rider, Lady C, who were all, both in the text window tonight, appreciate it. Thank you. Can't wait to get you guys back on so we can chop something up probably hopefully this week. I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime because the wives don't let us. We are out of here. Peace.